every one of us, when we came to the Lord, we acquired a, a, a spirit of satisfaction. In the world, we did not have that. But to be satisfied is one thing, and to be thoroughly satisfied is another. If you're thoroughly satisfied, you lose your purpose, you lose your goals, you lose your, your vision. So we don't want to be thoroughly satisfied. We need to be satisfied, but not thoroughly satisfied. The Lord said, occupy till I come. In other words, stay busy. That's what you're doing. Engage. That's, that, that's movement. That's going forward. Don't be satisfied. Keep busy. Uh, there are churches that uh, have less than 30 members in them, especially during the week. I don't know why it is within our ranks. Our people just don't like to come to church during the week. And those are the most important services. Back home, our Tuesday night Bible, uh, Bible study is very important. Our Friday night service is very important. But somewhere along the way, people become thoroughly satisfied with what they have, and they don't want to go any further. Now, they're, they're, they're the young people of our, of our uh, uh, I don't know if it's a schools or just the national youth, uh, they go out once a year on a national uh, city crusade, and they go to different cities. And in these cities, they establish themselves for a week, and they go in, in groups, and they go out to the houses, they go out to the cities, they pass tracks, uh, they go witnessing with the purpose of helping that mission or that church uh, to grow. And uh, it never dawned on me how uh, this one particular church always gets these young people every summer. Every summer you get about 20, 25 people that spend thousands of dollars to fly to this particular city for a city crusade. When they get there, they have their city crusade. They work. Uh, they go out and, and, and give out tracts. A lot of them like to go there because they do a lot of uh, uh, visiting. It becomes like a, a tourist attraction. But some of them do go out. They, they fulfill their, their duties as uh, that they were supposed to. And they go out and witness and they go out and give out tracts, and they kind of uh, uh, go out throughout the neighborhoods and so on. And then they leave. It's all over with. On a Saturday, by Sunday morning, they're back home in the local churches. Well, the year goes by, and uh, they go back again the following year. And the following year, when they go back to the same place to have a city crusade, they have the same amount of members that they had two years ago, a year ago. Something is not right. Something is wrong. Somebody does not have a vision. Somebody does not have a purpose and a goal to fill. Because if somebody comes to your city, to your church, with the purpose of invading your city with the gospel, with visitation and so on, and they come back and they lay before you about a hundred uh, visitation cards. And you take those cards and put them in your desk and forget about them. Somebody is failing. Somebody is too satisfied with their, with their 30, with their 15. 
Amen. And we have that happening all the time. I, I asked somebody close to me, I said, why is it that uh, you're going to this particular city again when every year, ever since I remember, they go to this big city, they have a city crusade, and 10 years later, they have basically the same amount of people they had when they started the crusade. Again, I say, somebody lost a vision. Somebody became thoroughly satisfied with the blessings of small blessings that they have, that they have received from God, and they don't want to go any further. Thomas Edison said it this way. He said, show me a thoroughly satisfied man, and I will show you a failure. Show me a thoroughly satisfied man, and I will show you a failure. Amen. We need to have vision. We need to have purpose. Amen. In order for us to continue going forward and allow God to do great things as I believe God is doing here in this church tonight. Can you say amen? amen. Praise the Lord. So it's very important for us to understand the importance of not becoming thoroughly satisfied. We must be satisfied. Because serving God, of course, you and I know, brings a tremendous satisfaction to our hearts that nothing could ever fill. We have the presence of God now. Our families are together. So many things that God has done on our behalf. But we have to be careful that we don't get to a place where we become thoroughly satisfied. Where we become so satisfied that we will not go any further than where we're at tonight. If you understand what I'm talking about, say amen. We have the story, a story in the Bible about, uh, it, it's concerning uh, Caleb's daughter who was just uh, gotten married. And uh, the Bible clearly tells us that she was not satisfied with the gift that her dad had placed in her hands. Her dad had given her uh, land. A beautiful land. But when she found out that it was a certain in a certain area, she came to him and said, Dad, I'm sorry, but the land that you have given to me is a south land. And there's a lot of problems in this land. There's recurring droughts and droughts in that land. It is a dry land. You see, Asa had purpose. She had vision. She had goals to meet. She was thinking of the future. This land, Dad, is a good land if it was just me and my husband. We could handle it. It wouldn't be a problem. But I look forward to raising my children in this land. And this land is not good for raising children. You see, she had a purpose for her life. She was looking ahead to something greater and something better. She said, you have given me a south land. And then she asked him, she says, give me also springs of water. Give me a better land, Dad. I appreciate you. I'm not saying that I'm not satisfied with what you have given to me. I'm not saying that I'm not blessed. I am blessed because you have blessed me by giving me this land. Amen. But uh, I want you to understand that this land will not help me in the goals and the purpose that I have in my heart. 
So her dad heard her plea and her cry. And of course, he gave her the upper as well as the neither, neither springs. He let her keep the land that he had given to her. And not only that, but he gave her another land, amen, that made her satisfied. She felt she was blessed by her father. And she was satisfied because now she looked forward. Now I can have children and I can raise my children in this particular area. Now in this land that my dad has given me, there will not be any recurring droughts. I don't have a problem now in having five or six children. I'll raise them in the ranch and, and all this is beautiful. You see, she was looking ahead to some beautiful things that, that she felt she, she could give to her, uh, to her children. Uh, she was looking ahead to the, to the farmland. She was looking ahead to the cattle that she was going to raise and, and how in that other land that she was going to receive, she was not going to be able to do all these things that she desired in her heart. Her vision and her goals, amen, were to one day raise a family in a beautiful land. So her dad gave her that land, amen. She was not a quitter. Somebody might have gone to her and said, look, Asa, be satisfied with what your dad has given you. He did it with a with the right attitude, the right motives, and the right heart. He loves you, and he wants you to be blessed with his dowry that he has put in your hands. So go ahead and take it. Uh, do the best that you can with it. Amen. But she was not satisfied with the, 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 the little that she had received. She was not satisfied because she had a vision and she had a purpose in her life. Can you say praise the Lord to that tonight? So he gave her the upper as well as the, the neither the springs. It was an attitude, amen, an attitude that we should have not to be thoroughly satisfied because I know that God is going to bless you in abundance even more than what you have here today. There's going to come a time when you will fill this place with many souls that will come, amen, to receive the Lord as their Savior. Don't be satisfied with that. You win one soul to the Lord this year. Don't be satisfied with that. Tell God, give me somebody else, Lord, that I can witness to. Amen. Because I'm not satisfied with just what I have now. She had her father's spirit. Her father was the same as her. He was a stubborn man after the right things, after the good things. You would think that after so many years, uh, Caleb would be satisfied with all of his accomplishments. This was a great warrior, a great man of God. If you would uh, put him aside of our generals, and you would give out medals, this man would, would have gotten every medal you could think of because he was a great warrior and won many, many battles for Israel. And yet, he was not satisfied when he came to a certain age in his life. He was no longer a young man. He had spent his life working for God. He had spent his life out there in the field fighting battles. Amen. Directing God's army into battle and winning many battles. He was a man who was battle scarred and had those scars for many years. So you would think, well, Caleb, now you're 60 some odd years old. It's time for you 
to take it easy now. It's time for you to lay back and let somebody else do the work. And Caleb would not settle for less than what vision he had. This man, no matter how old he was, he had vision. He had purpose in his heart. He says, no, you know, I want you to understand something. That when I was young and I was out there fighting battles alongside of my brothers, alongside of the people of Israel, alongside these great warriors, when I was out there fighting these battles, a time came when we all got together. I was promised a land like the rest of these tribes. The Lord told me he was going to give me certain land for myself and for my family. So I demand that land. I probably asked him, well, Caleb, uh, let's see what we can do now, you know. You're too old to fight. You're too old to get blessed. You're too old to dance. You're too old to testify. You're too old to do anything. Why don't we just retire you and put you over here in a real nice, soft place where you'll be satisfied and you'll be all right. Caleb said, no way. Amen. Don't think, amen, that because I'm old and I've gone through many battles that it's all over for me. No, sir, he said. He said, I want that mountain. And he pointed out that mountain. It was a high mountain. It was a beautiful place. He said, I want that mountain. But they told him, you know what, uh, Caleb, you cannot have that mountain. Besides, amen, the the Amalekites uh, 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 are there, and the giants are there, and you can't possibly take that particular mountain. It's too difficult for you. You see, we give it to you, but somebody else is already occupying it, and they don't like us too well. I'm sorry, Caleb. Caleb stood firm, and he says, you know what? I was promised a land, and I want that land right there. I don't care if the Amalekites are there. I don't care who is there. That mountain belongs to me. I've got a vision. I've got a purpose for my life. Hallelujah. I'm not just going to sit back and let somebody else do what I can still do. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Give me that mountain, he said. Oh, I've been blessed of the Lord, and I'm not, but I'm not thoroughly satisfied. I'm blessed, yes, I'm satisfied with the great things that God has done on my behalf. But, amen, I'm not satisfied to the point where I'm going to sit down and do nothing for God. Amen. I have a vision. I have a purpose. And I have a goal to meet. Oh, church, I want to tell you tonight. If we could acquire the same attitude and the same spirit that Caleb had. Amen. Give me that mountain. Give me that city. Give me that family. Hallelujah. I don't care what anybody says. I'm blessed that God has blessed me. And I want to be able to bless somebody else with what God has given to me. Give the Lord a good round of applause tonight. <clears throat> Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. I want that mountain, he said. I'm blessed, but I'm not totally satisfied. God has been good to me. God has been good to you. Amen. And you should not lose vision and lose purpose. Amen. Because everything is going well. Sometimes what happens to us, and God knows our future, he allows things to happen to us in our lives 
that would stop us and say, wait a minute, son, you can't see what's up ahead, but I can see for you. I know the end from the beginning, so I'm going to allow you to go through something, amen, in your life that will draw you closer to me, that will put you back on line with me, that will put that vision and that purpose and that goal back in your heart because I'm going to use you. You're going to be powerful. You're going to be a testimony to the glory and to the power of Almighty God. Hallelujah. I'm blessed tonight because God has been good, but I'm not satisfied. Don't be so satisfied where you'll sit down and say, I've done enough. I don't have to do anymore. Hallelujah. I want God to continue to use me. Praise the name of the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. David's soldiers, they had been through many battles and now they find themselves kicking back. Amen. And I believe that God showed David that his great warriors were getting cold. They had been away from battle for some time now. And they were just sitting around relaxing. Eating, drinking, and being merry. Totally satisfied. And David saw that. He said, I got to do something. I've got to wake up these great warriors. Because they've done so much. And they, they, they have lost the burden. They're losing their goals and their purpose and their vision. So I have to do something, he said. So he cried out in a, in a voice loud enough for them to hear him when he cried out. Oh, he said, I wish I had some water from the well in Bethlehem. When he said that, those that were too preoccupied with other things that had overtaken their purpose and their goals and their vision did not hear him say that. But there were some, I believe it was three of them that heard Amen. The man of God cry out for water from the well of Bethlehem. He wasn't going to drink that water. The Lord showed him that there was a reason and a purpose why he had to say those words. To wake up these men. Hallelujah. And all of a sudden, three soldiers got up. And without him even realizing, the Bible says that they went to the well of Bethlehem to draw water for their king, for their leader. And in doing so, the Bible does not say that they tippy-toed in and they walked in very quietly. No, sir. The Bible says that they broke through the lines of the Philistines. The Philistines possessed the well of Bethlehem. And David knew it and God knew it. But you see, there needed to be a spiritual breakthrough in the hearts of these men. So when they heard David cry out, they went out there without even thinking about it. Amen. And they went toward the well. But they broke through the lines of the Philistines. Amen. They had to fight their way to get to the well. My friend, let me tell you, when you lose a fight, you lose everything. We need to continue with that fighting spirit, with a zeal that God has given to each and every one of us, that brings us to the house of God every day, that takes us out to tell somebody about the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're losing it, it's time for a spiritual breakthrough. You need to break through the lines of the Philistines, the lines of the enemy, the lines, amen, that have distracted you from the goal of the purpose that God has called you to tonight. 
There was a spiritual breakthrough. Hallelujah. Like Paul said, it's not easy sometimes. Amen. He says, sometimes you've got to push your way through. Amen. Because he says, quit you like men. Be strong. That's what he says. Amen. You've got to break through the lines. You've got to push your way through. Get out of the way, laziness. Get out of the way, devil. Get out of the way. and Push them out of the way that you might go forward. It's time to go to the house of God. I've got to get to the house of God. I've got to go to the well. I've got to go drink water from the well. I've got to go to prayer. i got to be there on time. I'm sorry, boss. I'm in revival. And i got to go to church tonight. i got to break through the lines of the enemy tonight. What enemy is attacking you right now? What enemy is keeping you uh, from giving your whole self to God? Uh, amen. You got to break through that. You got to tell God, Lord, uh, I'm going to go forward, God. Uh, take me by the hand, Jesus, uh, and come on, we'll make it. Uh, I'm going to break through the lines uh, of the enemy, uh, and I'm going to get to the well where there's rivers of living water that God has for me and you tonight. Give the Lord a round of applause. You see, they did not have to go. Amen. They did not have to go. They could have waited like some people say, well, you know, uh, let them do the work. Uh, they can do it. You know, let, let them do it. Uh, they could have done the same thing. They could have waited around because uh, everybody else did and, and waited for somebody else to stand and say, I'll go. But no, they were willing to risk their lives. Uh, amen. Don't be satisfied with doing only what is required of you is what the scripture says. Uh, Reward only comes um, when you break through the lines of the ordinary. Amen. And go beyond the call of duty. You've got to go beyond what is required. Uh, being baptized in Jesus' name. Uh, doing what God says. You've got to do that to be saved. Uh, but even after that, you've got to go beyond uh, the call of duty. You've got to go beyond what you could do for God. Uh, and then God will honor you and bless you uh, when you begin to go and break through the lines uh, of the Philistines tonight back home we got brothers of course you know we have the program and and sometimes because uh, it's not their job they let a paper stay on the floor for for a couple of days and they walk over and step on it and somebody tells them hey brother why don't you pick up that paper and that young man looks around and says well that's not my job that's brother so-and-so's job he he, he has uh, the, the chapel or he has uh, the, the Sunday school room or whatever you see they don't want to get involved uh, unless it's something that has been ordered to them uh, they don't want to get involved because it's not their duty. But God says that if you go beyond what is required of you, amen, God is going to show you great and mighty things that you do not know. Hallelujah. Call unto me and I will answer thee and I will show you great and mighty things that thou knowest not. Hallelujah. God is willing to show this church great and mighty things that you've never seen, that you have never known. Amen. Brother Louis' accident is going to turn out to be a blessing. You will see, amen, the fruits of that pain. You will see how God is going to work something good out of something that looks so seemingly bad. Call 
unto me and I will answer thee. I will show you great and mighty things that thou knowest not. Praise the name of the Lord. There's a lot of things that we don't understand. A lot of things that we don't really understand about this whole thing. But God says if you call unto him, he'll show you great and mighty things that you do not know. Hallelujah. If you pray to half hour a day, try praying a little longer. Amen. Go beyond. Amen. That fast once a week and seek God. Hallelujah. And if you do go beyond what is required of you, God is going to bless you. For he says in his word, after you have done everything that you are supposed to do, that you are unprofitable servants, we have done that which we were, which was our duty to do. It's our duty to come to church. It's our duty to pray. It's our duty to win somebody to the Lord. It's our duty to do all those things. So God must be requiring something more of us. God must show us something great and something powerful. Amen. Something glorious that he has in store for this church. Hallelujah. But we must go. We must step out of our boundaries. We must put our complexes to one side. We must put our negativeness to one side. We must put all those things that are a hindrance to one side. Put your anger that gets out of control to one side. Put all those things that are a hindrance in your life to one side. And step out by faith and say, God, I'm going to win this person to the Lord. I'm not going to let go, God. I'm going to bring that person and win them to the Lord. God, I'm not going to be satisfied until this place is full. And when this place is full, God, I'm not going to be satisfied until we get another place and fill that one. That'll bring excitement. Purpose brings excitement. Vision brings excitement to a people, to a person's heart. Praise the name of the Lord tonight. God will bless you when you go beyond what is required of you. Amen. The very popular story of Peter. When he saw Jesus in the waters, he says, if you're, if you're the Lord Jesus, bid me to walk unto you. Who would have the nerve to say that to the Lord? In the midst of the turbulent waters, in the midst of a storm, he looks out there and sees a shadow. It looks like Jesus. And he cries out, Lord, if it's you, let me, let me come unto you, Lord. Let me walk to you. The Lord says, come on, Peter. Could you imagine that scene? Peter, not even looking at the water. He climbs over that boat, puts his foot in the water, and hey, it's solid. Puts his other foot in the water, hey, that's solid too. He looks toward the Lord. Kept his eyes on Jesus and started walking toward the Lord. One step, two step, three step, four step. Where were the other ones? Let me tell you, he who takes a step out for Jesus is the one that's going to get the blessing. He is the one that God is going to exalt. He's the one that God is going to bless. He's the one that God is going to use. Hallelujah. Because after Peter took his eyes off of the Lord, maybe when he was walking toward the Lord, uh, he looked down a little bit and he saw the deep sea, the ugliness of the, of the waters. Uh, and he looked back and he had no more faith and he began to sink. 
Oh, well, you know the story. He called upon the Lord. The Lord put forth his hand. He lifted him up. And, and Paul, uh, Peter had to walk back to the ship again. But where were the others? Amen. Maybe they were criticizing. Maybe they were saying those people are crazy. Maybe somebody will, will tell you you're crazy for going after that individual. You're crazy for going to prayer. Amen. To prayer revival every night. You're crazy for going to that church. They, they're going to fail. They're not going to make it. You're crazy for doing what you are doing. Uh, they probably said the same thing about Peter. And then he sunk. Aha, didn't I tell you? But what did they say? The Bible doesn't record what they said when they saw Peter walking next to Jesus. On the water. He was walking on the water. He had to get back somewhere. I know Jesus didn't carry him or it would have been recorded. I believe that Peter turned around and walked back, walked on water and got back on the ship. Hallelujah. Then those criticizers, what could they say? Amen. I wish it would have been me. I wish I would have done that. Peter got the privilege of walking on water. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. God will bless you. Uh, amen. When you take him for his word. Uh, I'm tired. You have to say to yourself. Uh, amen. I'm living the way I've been living. Oh God. Uh, give me a vision. Give me a purpose Lord. Uh, a purpose for living. Give me goals. Uh, a vision. Something to look forward to. That I might continue. And be excited about serving you every day of my life. I'm excited about serving God. I told you before. Amen, that this church excited me when I was in the hospital. And the Lord put that in me through His Spirit to be able to endure everything I had to endure and the news and the cutting and the whole thing and the pain. There was a vision, something that helped me to endure that. Amen, was the goal and the vision and the purpose of this church here tonight. And I looked at our church. I had to get back behind that pulpit as soon as I could. I was thinking of end, of end time restoration. Oh God, I got to get out of here. I set my vision on things that were ahead. I made it a purpose not to look at my foot. I made it a purpose not to dwell on where I was at. I made it a purpose to not let my heart deceive me and lie to me. I didn't want to do that. I've set my vision on the things that were to come. And this is one of the things that I set my vision on. I knew that one day I was going to be here with you. I was going to praise the Lord with you. I knew that God was going to do great things in this place because there are people here with a vision, with a purpose, with goals in their life that are not quick. They're going to go forward with the help of the Lord tonight. The result is yet to come. Don't worry about a thing. Don't worry what they'll say about you. The results will come. The criticizers will criticize. The devil will laugh in your face. They'll say, ha ha, look what happened to that brother. That was a judgment of God. You can imagine what they said of me. That was a judgment, judgment of God. Put the criticizers to one side. Your day will come. Your day will come. Anytime you stand out for God, your day will come. Your day will come. Hallelujah. And it's coming. Believe me, it's coming. It might take a month, might take two months, might take a year. But your day is coming. Your day is coming. 
The Lord is not going to let the devil have the last laugh. No, sir. He might be laughing right now, but God says, I will have the last laugh. God will laugh at his calamity. Praise the name of the Lord. We're going forward with a vision, with a purpose. God is blessing this church, and still the result is yet to come. Give the Lord a round of applause. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Music, please. I'm going to come to a close in just a little bit. The result will come. Your blessing will come. We're blessed now. But we're not satisfied. Amen. Remember, we cannot get to the point in our lives that we become thoroughly satisfied. Because when you do, you'll lose a vision. You lose your goals and you lose your purpose. You know why people commit suicide? Because they lose their vision, their goals, and their purpose in life. There's nothing to look forward to. And the devil can come into a place that loses his purpose and his vision and his goals. And just cloud your mind. You know why these great wealthy individuals take their lives? Because there's nothing ahead of them. They've got everything they need and want and more. They got it all. Limousines, cars, mansions, men, women, parties, wine, drugs, everything that the flesh wants, they have it. So what else is there? They look ahead to see what else they can acquire. They got nothing else that they can acquire. So they lose a vision. They've got no goals to reach. They got no purposes to acquire. The church cannot get to that place. A church that gets to a place of that nature will lose. The devil will cloud your mind. The church has a purpose. That's why you're here. You've got a vision. When we started the church way back in 1971, we started with home Bible studies in the projects. But that was not my vision. My purpose was to win many souls for the Lord. And my vision was, and my purpose, and, and my goals were to have a church in East Los Angeles. That was the beginning of a vision. We started one home Bible study. Then we started another. Then we had some in my house. Then I began to baptize. Then we rented a small little place. And then we, we stayed in that place for a couple of years. Then we moved to another place. And the vision, the purpose was coming to pass. It was unfolding. It was unfolding. And then we went from there to 6310. We, after we got uh, to 6310, we couldn't fit the people. We went to where we're at now. Amen. God is still fulfilling a vision. You never lose your vision. Once you, if I would have lost the vision, we would have stayed in the projects. We would have stayed on Whittier Boulevard. Or we would have stayed on Olympic Boulevard. But no, there is a vision. And there is a purpose. And, and, and I tell my son Frank tonight, uh, the, your pastor, amen, that he's pastoring a people with a vision. A people with a purpose. Hallelujah. Don't stand still. Praise the name of the Lord. You weren't in that place too long. 
and you realize that it was too small. That's a vision, my friend. Hallelujah. You came here and I thought, I thought in my mind, that place is probably a little bit too big. It's going to look a little empty. I even told him that. God forgive me for not having a vision. When I came here and I look out here now, hey, you need more chairs. You need a bigger place not too long from now because somebody has a vision and somebody has a purpose and somebody is not thoroughly satisfied with what they have tonight for the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed. My, are we blessed. God blesses us. I'm blessed. Brother Lewis, you're blessed. I know what it is to be in that particular situation. Having my wife do everything for me. Move me around. Place me here. Place me there. Take me a bath. Hmm. Pretty good. <laughs> I like that part. <laughs> yes, honey. <laughs> There's blessings. <laughs> I know what it is to be there. And there's some times that you feel so helpless and all that. But you know, when you have purpose and vision, all that is secondary. And when we have vision, we know that the Lord walks with us. He protects us. He watches over us. The angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him. So the angel didn't close his eyes and allow this to happen to you. There's a purpose. There's a reason. And it has to be good. <clears throat> the result will come later. You might not see it now, but the result will come later. Peter. The Lord says to him, to this man that failed God a couple of times, to this man that walked far from the Lord when the Lord was taken taking to be crucified who repented the Peter that walked on water and failed so many say this Peter that people criticized the Lord said to him thou art Peter and upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it why Peter why him because he was not a crybaby. He was not a boohooing for every little thing that happened to him. Because he was an aggressor. He was willing. He didn't care what people thought. He became a fool for Christ at any time of the day or night. So the Lord saw his heart. And he said, Peter, upon this rock I will build my church. Why did he entrust those words in a man that failed him? Because that same man was willing to go all out for God. He was willing to be in the house of the Lord when he's supposed to be. Regardless of who was there. If he was in prayer by himself, he was going to be there. He didn't care. If he was the only one that went out and passed tracks and invited people, it's okay. He was going to be out there. The Lord saw the heart that Peter had. So he entrusted in Peter these great words. Oh, Peter, and upon this rock, meeting himself, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And then again, <laughs> the same Peter 
is the one that stood in the day of Pentecost with all the other 120 that were there full of the Holy Ghost. What a privilege for a man that somebody said failed God but a man that the Lord chose to turn his weaknesses into power into authority and gracefulness in the sight of God that turned hell upside down with his aggressiveness and, and willingness to do whatever it took to serve the Lord and proclaim his gospel and now he stands in the day of Pentecost the greatest message ever preached by a man who failed God many times. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. He brought the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Everything that had been prophesied in the Old Testament came to pass. Right there. When Peter stood up full of the Holy Ghost. And proclaimed and said to everybody that was there in the whole entire world. In order for you to be saved. You must repent. You must be baptized in Jesus name. And you must receive the Holy Ghost. In order to enter in to the door and be saved. Praise the name of the Lord. Let me tell you that was his reward. For being the man that he was. For standing alone sometimes. Amen. Because there will be times that you will feel that you are alone. That nobody understands you. And nobody cares. But it's alright. God is there. God understands. And your day is going to come. The day for this church is here. It is now. Hallelujah. That God is going to bless you in abundance. Your day is coming. Just don't get fully satisfied. Amen. With where you are. And what God has done in your life. Let us stand together. When you have done all the things which you are commanded, remember, we are still unprofitable servants. It's like when the master came and gave those, those servants, those talents. Here are these talents. Work them. Occupy, he said, till I come. Only one did not. So if he would have, that one that did not is the unprofitable servant. He's the one that kept what God gave him. He dug a hole and buried it and saved it. And when the Lord came, he pulled it out and gave him back the same that he had given to him. He says, that is an unprofitable servant. That's why the Lord says, we have done that which was our duty to do. But thank God that in this place tonight, there are hearts that are burning, a special people that have been through special places and special things that God wants to use to enhance his kingdom, that the name of Jesus might be glorified. Are you that person tonight? Are you that person that is willing to put all your goodies to one side and say, God, let me. Be so unsatisfied if it takes that with where I'm at that you would put a desire in my heart to do more for you. There's somebody out there that needs what you have at your job and at your school. There's something to do, always something to do in the house of the Lord. 
There's always more prayer. There's something, somebody, a backslider that needs help. God, lead me, Lord. Lead me, Lord. I'm not satisfied with where I'm at, God. I want more. I want more. I want more. And if you would just unite yourself with the man of God, with your pastor, and do the will of God, this place will soon be filled with precious babies for the Lord. But it's all in your hands. I open this altar to you tonight to come and put yourself in the hands of the Lord. And if there's a visitor here with us tonight, the way you're not satisfied with your life. I'm going we invite you to. I want only those of you that want more of the Lord. I'm going to do more for God. I want to commit myself to you, Jesus. I want to commit my life completely and totally to you. I'm going all the way. I'm going all the way. The Lord, my Lord, come on. I commit my heart, my heart, my mind, my soul. In your hands, Lord.